and good morning. It's so nice to see each and every one of you here at Central Reformed Church. Do you, do you remember what it was like as a child to wake up on Easter morning? Some of us grew up with the tradition of immediately searching for eggs full of you know, chocolate or the Easter baskets that were hidden all over the house. My childhood Easter's were full of chocolate, crisply ironed Easter clothes, um, joyful songs, banquets prepared by my parents and my grandparents. I can still smell the food. I can still see the Easter baskets and that little green grass, you know, all over the place. As parents of, of young children, my wife, Monica, and I often wonder if our children grasp the true meaning of this celebration. Is it about eggs and Easter bunnies, or is it about something far more spiritual, far more meaningful? Another parent once recalled an Easter morning when he approached his two-year-old daughter, all dressed for church in her new dress and matching shoes. Sweetheart, the dad asked his toddler daughter, do you know the meaning of Easter? Yes, I do, she smiled. Great, what does it mean? Her father asked. She stood there with this big, huge smile and she said, it means surprise. <laughs> I can't think of a better word to describe Easter than the word surprise. So think about it for a moment. The Easter proclamation of joy began this morning somewhere, what, in, in New Zealand? right, with the chiming of the church bells. And then it was carried by jubilant voices of believers in Asia, the Middle East, and in Africa. And then next, it swept across the cathedrals in Europe and finally has made its way to the Americas, where millions and millions of Christians here in this country and around the world are standing with smiles to say surprise and to celebrate Life. And soon, we hope, <laughs> the outdoors will join the chorus here in Michigan, showing signs of life and flowers blooming everywhere in warmer weather. And one day, we might awaken to see the return of the great blue heron, like my kids and I did yesterday morning, or of the fragrant blooms of the magnolia tree. And we'll be reminded of life that lives beneath the appearance of death and emerges each spring anew. But before we get to spring, we have to experience winter, don't we? We have to experience Good Friday before we get to Easter. We have to grapple with the loss of life and the reality of the brokenness of the world in which we live. While it doesn't seem fair, there are many times in our lives when, when we will suffer before we can experience victory and joy. So many of us have stories of suffering. I know because you've told me. I know what some of your struggles are, what you're battling. I know what some of your kids are going through, maybe your grandchildren. I know what your greatest hopes are for your children and some of your greatest fears. But I think losing a child has to be one of the most unjust 
and painful forms of suffering that people experience in the world. I can't even begin to imagine losing a child. But I know that some of you here in this room, some of you watching online, you know what that's like. And you're still grieving. And so anytime we learn of, of someone dying, especially someone's child, it, it hurts. Our hearts ache. God's heart aches. And right now in our city, we are in a, a state of shock and pain. The family and friends of 26-year-old Patrick Loya are suffering. Um, they're grieving, desperately trying to hold on after their child was shot and killed by a Grand Rapids police officer. And so speaking through an interpreter, Patrick's father's grief was raw. It was it's palpable. He lamented, what's making me cry more is to see my son killed by a police officer for a small, small mistake. Then he added on, my life has come to an end. Peter Loya's grappling with his son's too soon death recalls the way in which God grieves the death of any and all of our children, no matter how it happens. We were not created for death, each and every one of us in here created for life, for life, for life. And similarly, Jesus was chosen for life. His ministry was in itself an affirmation of life, beautiful life. He brought healing to the sick. No one no one in history brought more dignity to women than Jesus Christ. He brought Lazarus back from the dead. He called so many people to a spiritual rebirth and to follow the way of life. And yet his vision, the vision he called the kingdom of God, was rejected by the people. And he was executed by the state. But he was also vindicated by God. And so in our gospel lesson for today, we learn that Joseph of Arimathea asked Pontius Pilate for Jesus' body. He asked to take it down off of the cross. And when he asked to do that, that meant that Jesus was dead. There was no way he was still alive. He had breathed his last. And there was so much heaviness in their hearts. All that hope seemed to be lost as both Joseph and Nicodemus wrapped Jesus' body with spices and long sheets of linen. There was a new tomb near the cross. And Joseph and Nicodemus decided they would place Jesus' body in that borrowed tomb. And that's exactly what they did. And at that point in time, at that point in time, it looked as though death had won. But early, <laughs> but early on the third day, while it was yet dark, we read, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and she found the stone rolled away. It was rolled away. 
And, and she ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, and, and, and she said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. And Simon Peter and the other disciple went to the tomb to see for themselves. The other disciple, as he's called, outran Simon Peter, eager to see what was going on. Here's what John's gospel tells us, that he did not go inside right away, but when Simon Peter arrived, he went in immediately, and he saw the linen's wrapped and placed aside. He saw the linen that had covered Jesus's head folded up nicely and set off to the side. And then the other disciple entered. And when he saw, he believed. And then they went home. But what we find is that Mary was standing outside of the tomb and she was crying. She lost somebody very near and dear to her. And as she wept, she stooped and she looked into the tomb and she saw two angels. We do not know why Simon Peter and the other disciple did not see these angels. One angel asked, woman, why are you weeping? Mary said, they've taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. And as she turned to leave, she saw someone else standing there. Someone she assumed was the gardener. And he asked, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And Mary said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. And that's when Jesus said, Mary. And she turned and she cried out, Rabboni, which means teacher or Lord. It's the highest title you could, you could give to anyone. And it only appears twice in the New Testament. So think about what happened to Mary in that moment. When she came to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body, she was convinced that he'd be there and he would be dead. She was not coming to anoint a living Jesus. She was expecting him to be gone. And for these reasons and more, I find this story so believable so gospel-focused. No one anticipated the unthinkable could happen. People coming back to life just didn't happen. But the risen Savior changed Mary's life. She was never the same from that moment on. The moment he called her by name. And, and so think about, for you in, in your setting, think about when somebody remembers your name. And it's somebody that you, you think is important. It means a lot, doesn't it? When they look at you in the eyes and they, they say your name, something happens, right? They know you. They remembered. And when Jesus said Mary's name, immediately her fears were calmed, her sorrows were comforted, and her doubts were conquered. In this thin place, he transformed her life, not just with his soothing voice, but also with his presence. His presence. It wasn't until she came to a place of faith in him that he sent her along to share this good news with everyone else. He sent her to go and to tell the big surprise that death doesn't get the last word. Not today. For many of us, we've heard this story 
dozens of times, maybe hundreds. Some of you in this space, some of you watching online, this is the first time you've ever heard the resurrection story. And I just want to say, God bless you. God bless you. Whether we've heard it a hundred times or we're hearing it for the first time, what happened to Mary is exactly what can happen to each and every one of us who believe. As the Lord of life, Jesus knows each and every one of us. He knows our hearts. He knows our desires. He knows our fears, our wants. He knows our needs. And more than that, he knows your name and he calls you by name. And when he calls you by name, he will calm your fears. He will conquer your doubts. He will comfort your sorrows. He will send you out armed with the gospel, armed to bring good news to any and all who will hear it. So here, this good news. Let's be Easter people on Easter Sunday and every day. And let's be ready to be surprised by what God will do next in our lives. Let's look for the risen Christ in each and every person that we meet. Let, let the Holy Spirit nudge us and guide us along the way. And may the joy and wonder that fills this Easter day live in our hearts today and every day. Why? Because Christ has died Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. Let's pray. <laughs> oh, loving God, thank you so much for Easter Sunday, a day when we realize afresh what Jesus' death and resurrection means for all of us. Forgiveness, freedom, the ability to walk with him through this fallen world into eternity. For all who are suffering, for all the heavy hearts that may be here in this room or online, oh God, bring your soothing presence to each soul. May we always find our satisfaction in him and his willingness to offer himself for the salvation of the world. Jesus, the Christ, who is risen for our sake. We boldly pray all of these things in his matchless name and all God's people say,